0: Hi there, I am Ivy Lasseter, and I am the host of the Four Parents Podcast. On this episode, I'm talking with Lindsay and Steve, and get ready. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. They have six kids. Yes, I said six kids. Their oldest is a girl. She is in her 20s and married. The next is a girl in high school. The next is a girl in middle school. The next two are boys who are also in middle school in the same grade, but it's worth mentioning they aren't twins. One is adopted and the other is biological, and their youngest is a girl they adopted from China, and she has Down syndrome. You will hear about their journey to adopt Mabel from China, and it is amazing. So pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all this parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. Let's get started. Okay, so y'all talk to me about when and how you felt
1: compelled to adopt. So we thought our family was complete. We already have five kids, and um, probably about two years before we started the international adoption process, mm-hmm. I started following somebody on Instagram who ran a foster home in China for kids with heart huh. conditions. Okay. Okay. So just kind of very random and God just really started drawing my heart, um, to these little babies in China. And so every night before bed, like I would look at her stories, like I'm like invested in the lives of these kids now. I'm like, look at this child or so-and-so is having surgery today. And, um, you know, eventually got to the point where, like, Steve was saying, like, if you think God's calling us to, like, a, and adopt a child from China, you know, like, you can say that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we're at our max. Like, there's With five all, kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these reasons why, like, this would never work. And so I just kind of left it at that. Um, but over time, I started, like, telling other people, like, hey, I really would like to adopt a baby from China with a medical condition, but still not really being serious about, but, like, the girl who does my hair, like, like, when we finally said, we're adopting a baby from China, she's like, of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, And so my parents went to China, um, I don't even know what year we started Mabel's (laughs) adoption, 2019 right so mm-hmm. uh fall of 2018 my parents went to china just yeah. for a trip
2: vacation yeah
1: and um of course i've mentioned this whole thing to my parents about like look at these babies and so my dad tries to find this <laughs> foster home While in china there, he's yeah. like yeah nobody knew where it was, <laughs> so was just like, okay Dad. <laughs> yeah um but when he came back he was like let's see if God has for y'all an adoption in China. He's like, just go do it. Like, all this stuff will work out. And my Uh, dad tends to be really pragmatic, uh like pros and cons. And it really caught me off guard. I'm like, if my dad's saying, like, who cares? Like, don't worry about any of the things. Just go and do it. And so I think that was, like, a big seed that was planted for me. Um, And then probably about January of... um, 2019, um, like, this was still heavy on my heart. And we were having conversations about, like, I really need to put this to rest. Like, if we're going to do this, we need to do this. And if we're not, like, I need to, like, close this door. And I decided, like, we're not doing this. So what made you decide we're not doing this, do you think? I just couldn't get over. He had some job changes, which was a big factor in it, just feeling like our life is about to ramp up and mm-hmm. I just don't see a way. Th- things um, already
2: felt uncertain. So yeah. the idea of making a major life decision in the midst of uncertainty was just like, okay, no. We,
1: we got it one thing at a time. Yeah. Right. Or, right. Yeah. yeah. And it felt like we were at our max yes. already. And so, I mean, to the extent that I still had some little kid stuff, like a big doll house and just like some random things. And I gave all of the things to my niece and I'm like. This is I'm it. Dying. Dying. Our with family's done done. with yeah. yeah, the little. We are done. Probably not more than four weeks later, I, um, a friend on Facebook shared about an adopt, uh, adoption initiative that um, Cradle of Hope was doing where they would waive all of their agency fees for a Down syndrome adoption in China. And the second I read it, I mean, I saw the Holy Spirit speak no. to me. And he, this is what. This is what you're doing. You're going to adopt a baby with uh-uh. Down syndrome. And that had never crossed my mind. Um, I was looking at all these babies with heart conditions, and that had never crossed my mind. But I was um, really, really certain. And mm-hmm. then you can pick up the story.
2: Yeah. So I got <laughs> home from work one day. It was a Wednesday. I remember that because I, uh, just the rhythm of the day. I get home and um, walk in and... um Uh, was talking with Lindsay and shared something with her about work and she just turned and gave me a look and Uh I Like, you know, sometimes you get that look, you know, like there's something that needs to be said (laughs) So I was like what 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 and she's like, I feel like I feel like we're supposed to adopt a child with Down syndrome from China She's like I really think the Lord's leading us to that. I said, all right And then she's like, but I think we have to wait and see how everything plays out with work Uh and I said um, no, we're going to pray about this. Like, whatever's happening at work is work. But right. we're going to seek what Jesus has for us. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so so let's pray about it. And then the next day, I was uh, preparing a couple of sermons, one on uh, the Good Samaritan. Oh, man. Um, preparing one...
0: sermons in the middle of big distance, <laughs> uh, So I was right.
2: like, oh, gosh. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm doing, I'm looking at this, Beautiful story oh. where uh, it just you see how this man sees another person in need hmm. and responds to that need in what's almost an irresponsible way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there reading that and I'm going, "Well, it's who? It's not about who is my neighbor. It's about me being a neighbor yeah. and really loving
0: uh-huh.
2: and seeing a need." And responding. And so I could not, no sermon prep actually happened that day. I was just in the story and thinking about us. And I, and I knew that that day that this is what the Lord really was leading us mm. to. And that. um so we made this decision pretty quick. Understanding I think about of the Lord. two days
1: later, Um, I had looked at all the advocacy websites at all these kids, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of kids, which is like a small percentage of the actual kids with Down syndrome in China waiting to be adopted. And like I told him, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to mail in our application. So it feels like it like once, you know, God was very gracious and giving me the time I needed right, to really, like, process and, I mean, truthfully, like, dream about, like, what this would be like and what would be good and what would be hard. And, I mean, probably close to two years of that. right? But um, when I knew and I was sure, then it was just off and running.
2: Yeah. And by off and running, it was her full-time job. Like...
1: I mean I had a full time job. Yes, but it was but she- uh, how did you do <laughs> she- both of the like how did you do a full time job and I really like- did. Any spare second I had, I was doing paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. so it's, it's, just, a Isn't it's a lot it? it's a lot of paperwork and it's a really steep learning curve because you have no idea what anything means right you know it's like you have to do this and i'm like i don't know what any of these documents are i don't know how to make this happen and so um thankfully our adoption agency was great and really gave me like a step-by-step like a yep. huge thing of like step one to this yep.
2: and any um, questions we had they would help yeah. and all that but Lindsay, really, when she had spare time, she devoted to it. And I look back now and I see that sense of urgency that she had and the drive that she had to do that Mm -hmm. as being something that really was prompted by the Lord. Because if we would have been two weeks later in doing this, we would not have been able to make it into China because of COVID. No. And our daughter would still be there and probably would never be able to bring her home. No. So, like, you look back and it's just like, I kept giving a hard time, like joking. I was like, "You can slow down. Like we've really, got time." But really,
0: God's like, "No, you really can't." No, can. you, <laughs>
2: yes, exactly. So, like, we look back and it's like, man, look, look at what the Lord was doing, even right. in the the details of the, in the timing and the urgency of getting. One of our home studies, uh, we paid to have it expedited, and we we're like. Should we, shouldn't we? And I I, like that was a decision that's going back and forth and that would have been like a month difference in time. Yeah, I
1: mean and sometimes international adoption can take years. You're like, what's a month? And I'm like, it's a month. Like right. So we we paid the big fee to expedite that and yeah.
2: Yep. And had we not like Mm -hmm. that's just one of those decisions we just made while we're sitting you know, in our living room. And it was Turns also out. like,
1: what's a thousand dollars in the whole process? <laughs> we just, yeah. Let's spend it. <laughs>
2: yeah. We're spending
1: so much money anyway. Like, yeah. let's just yeah. spend it and
2: yeah. move so, this
1: forward. Did y'all get financial support?
2: We did, and that you know what I think that's one of the really uh, unique experiences for us with this. We've so we have four biological kids um, and two adoptives. So mm-hmm. our son we adopted through the foster system, and then our daughter we adopted internationally. And so when we did the fostering adoption, we, we didn't raise support. We, we went through, you know, what, what was already available, um, here. So, but with this international adoption, yeah, we, we invited others to be a part and, um, so we did a Facebook post on March twenty first, which is World Down Syndrome Day, mm-hmm. um, and announced that our family is going to be growing. This is what we have in our hearts, and we posted just this video, and it's awkwardly long. It's like twenty some minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, nobody's going to watch this whole thing, and um, it got so many views and I so know. many shares. Yeah, and um, we had over thirty thousand dollars come in off of no one Facebook post.
0: No, okay. Uh, here's one of the things that I keep like that y'all story that I most of the time don't love social media, but <laughs> social media has played a big part. Mm-hmm. Like God used that to speak to y'all. Yes. Yes. Isn't that cool?
2: Yes. It's amazing. It I amazing. really
1: don't know. I mean, I'm sure maybe God would have grabbed my attention some other way, but and what it was is I had heard this woman that ran this foster uh, foster care agency. She was an American on a podcast. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start following her. And, you yeah. know. There it goes. Yeah. There yep. it goes. Yep. That yep. is mm-hmm. unbelievable.
2: Yep.
1: How did y'all tell your
0: kids? Did they, was, what What was their response?
1: Well, when we um, were foster parents before, mm-hmm. um That I I think as foster parents, that's one of the things that you really worry about is, how is it going to affect my other kids? Possibly having kids come in in and out, kids from hard places. And um, at that point in time, we just really felt like God impressed upon us. You all are making this decision, but if I am calling the two of you into something, I'm calling your kids as well. Like I know that they're part of the family. And so we just trusted God with that. And God was really faithful with our son that we adopted Mm -hmm. um, and just shaping and using our biological kids in beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think we felt in a similar way about this. Um, So, I mean, I, None of our kids had big pauses. I mean, I'm sure if they had, it would have been something that we considered. Um, But for the most part, we sit down and we said, Hey, um, we think God's calling us to adopt a child from China who has Down syndrome. And the elementary school that my kids all went through um, has one of the programs there that has kids with intellectual disabilities. So my kids had had exposure to Down syndrome. They immediately knew... Not fully what that entails, but they had faces in their minds of right. these kids. And um, so, I mean, pretty much unanimously, their response was, yes, let's do this. And, um, and they were.
2: And we could see how God was preparing mm-hmm. them along the way, too. Like there was um, different moments where we recognized that God was getting them ready for what's next. Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of look back and you see it. So. Um, I don't know if it was maybe like a year before we adopted Mabel or even started into this whole thing. I'm um, uh, walking my boys home from school one day, mm-hmm. and my son Harrison, who I don't know how old he was at the time, maybe second grade, mm-hmm. third grade, probably second grade, were walking home from school, and he's telling me that he was on the playground that day. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about this other boy who has Down syndrome was on the playground too. He was just having so much fun while was on the playground. Aww. And Harrison said he was watching this boy have so much fun that his eyes got teary. Oh, no. Right? Like, and so I'm sitting there walking home. Your and I'm eyes, like, are, eyes are teary. My eyes are teary, you know? And um, and so we, we could look back. Like, once we saw what God was doing, we could look back and see things that God had been doing where he was readying their hearts for, like, what Lindsay said. It, this wasn't just something he was doing through just the two of us. It's our whole family that yes. he was going to use. Mm-hmm. And there were all being prepared for what God wanted to yes. do.
0: When did y'all know you were going to be adopting Mabel specifically?
1: And what was that like? So typically when people do international adoptions, they have seen a child on some website and they feel like I have some connection to this child and they start pursuing a particular child. And Mm -hmm. so for us, that wasn't our case. We just said, you know, we told the adoption agency, um, you know, we're looking for a little girl that's probably about three or under. Um, The only one of our kids who had a pause was our youngest son, um, wanted to hold that youngest spot in the family. And so we compromised on what if you stay the youngest boy?
2: <laughs> yes.
1: So, um, so he was like, okay, then that's fine. So we decided on a girl just based on that, and um, yeah. So. so on the application, you're saying
0: girl. What like those specifics
1: mm-hmm. and yes. ages? You could specify. You can specify age. ages. Um, okay. At this point in China, every child in an orphanage has a disability. So you're also going through and marking, you know, what's Feels like something you can handle or what you're willing oh, to take on. Yes. Um, so for us, yeah, we said we want a child with, with Down syndrome, and um, so I think it was maybe early May. Um, we had had our home study completed, and our um social worker with her agency just called, and he said, "So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in the database, and I'm going to put in your criteria." And he's like, I'm going to start in... Uh, Guangdong, which is the southern district, because that's also where the embassy is. It makes your travel a lot easier because you just have to go to one place. And he's like, I'm just gonna see what comes up. And so he said, I'm gonna send you a child one at a time. It's very overwhelming if I present you like here's five kids, and you feel like you're turning down. Oh, yes. And having to like how do you make a decision? I mean, you're getting literally one picture and one sheet of information. So how are you? Right. So um We had been, like, waiting and waiting, and I can remember us sitting at the bar counter. Actually, I think the email came in earlier that day, and we agreed, like, we weren't going to open it. it. So I can remember the whole family was in the kitchen, and we opened it, and Mabel's little picture popped Uh -uh. up. And immediately, um, Harrison and I were like, we know that little girl. We had seen her on an advocacy site, and we remembered her picture. So... um, We, I went back through the sites and found her because I use advocacy names. So different sites use different names. And we, we found her profile on a couple of pages and, um, we're like, we don't even have to like, yes. Right. We don't need to (laughs) think more about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. How old was she? At that time, she turned, um, she would turn three the following month. So she was right under three. Okay. When, um. They so, sent her So, picture. she is the
0: youngest. She,
1: she youngest. is the okay. youngest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the she's youngest, youngest, youngest girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the youngest. In, in the, the general, tr- okay. yes. Our yeah. son yeah. was just like, as long as I, I can be the that. youngest boy. Like, but, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, but she is the youngest. Yes. Yes, in the family. So, um, yeah. And the picture that they sent us, she was 10 months old. So, like, we can look at the birthday and be like, oh, she's almost three. Um, yeah. So, all the information we had, she was... 10 months old. Oh. oh. <laughs> so there wasn't really much um, that was current. But, yeah, we are like, yeah, she's ours. So right. we um, pretty quickly accepted her.
2: Mm-hmm. And then one of the things, you know, just thinking about how, like, it's interesting how you brought up social media because I hadn't really thought a lot about how God used mm-hmm. that so instrumentally. But another thing that I'm thinking about is in that waiting season mm-hmm. to get her, one of the things that God did was readied all of our kids' Uh, through an Instagram account that's a Down Syndrome advocacy account. Uh-uh. Um, and it's Chuckles and Meatloaf. It's the uh-uh. cutest two little boys who are twins with Down Syndrome.
0: And your kids are all following that account? Right. Or? So like, oh. we would have
2: like nights where, as a family, we're watching through their stories and just seeing these little boys with Down Syndrome oh. interact with each other and... And it's like, it's interesting. I'm just, I'm putting it all together right now, which is kind of funny how social media played such a big part. But we we watched these little boys before prepared, we...
0: Yeah, yeah, it started
1: endearing you already yes, yeah. to
0: her. Yes, and yeah. with
1: our son who was adopted, um, you know, we know the names of his birth parents. And so we have that, we have that connection. We have... Um, a beautiful relationship with his biological grandfather who passed away earlier this year, but Mm -hmm. spent every holiday with us. And it was this really beautiful thing. And we had all these markers because we had all these stories from people where we could see God's faithfulness in his Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And for us as parents, it was like, oh, like one day, like as hard as his story is like to be able to share all these really specific ways yes. that God was loving him and prompting people to pray for him before we even knew he he existed was just a beautiful part of his story. And with Mabel, that was something that I somewhat was grieving, was like, we may never know who her parents right. are. And, you know, as hard as her story is gonna be, like, I'm not gonna have that same type of story to mm-hmm. share with her. But mm-hmm. like these are tangible. Evidence of God's presence in your life, and part of us again through social media. Um, when we went back and found her profiles on these advocacy sites, one of them mentioned that she had been in a foster home called Grace Village. Huh. And I was like, "Huh, that's interesting," because at this time she was in an orphanage. In an orphanage, yeah. and so um, I just hopped on Facebook and started doing searches for Grace Village, and ended up finding one. That was in China and nothing had been active on this page in a couple of years. um, But I just sent a message. and was like, maybe Uh somebody will answer. And sure enough, quickly, somebody responded. And um, a couple of women from here in the United States ran um, this uh, foster home. Uh And Mabel was moved into their foster home at two months old. And lived there and was loved and prayed for and just had beautiful care until she was about 10 months old. And then that district of China decided they didn't want any help from the West. And, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of we can take care of our own kids and took all of these babies with Down syndrome and put them back in the orphanage. And so... Her world was just kind of turned upside down, and it was really heartbreaking, you know, for the staff and these women who loved all these babies, and they returned back to America. And um, they told us, "I said, we have posted on our mirror, like, I think maybe there was like five Five babies left left who hadn't been adopted that were in their home. We pray for them every day, and it's been so long since we've crossed off a name, and it was just... The beauty of like, oh no, so God! They if, never were like no, you know, just like that part been, of her story yeah. of like, no, like she was always known and prayed for, and God was present there with yes. her. Yeah, yes. So and in the beauty of that, they were able to send me all these pictures. Like you never get baby pictures, no. and so we just have so a you're whole connected stack. with those
0: ladies. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yep. And with all of these other babies who were...
2: Her foster sisters. Her, yeah. And, then and, and like, then... and we're connected with their parents on social media. Yeah. It's like a wild yeah, connection so. where, like, your family just grew.
1: Yes. And it was such a gift when we were in China to get Mabel to be able to reach out and be like, she's doing this or this is happening. I mean, they were just really able to give us a really good sense of what that orphanage was like. They also ran like a preschool program for some of the older kids and a school program for some of the older kids. So not only did they have this home, but they actually spent a lot of time in this um, orphanage where Mabel was. And so um, it was hard to know the condition she was in, but it was also helpful for us to have a really realistic understanding of the type of trauma that she had endured. So... Mm. um, we could kind of anticipate and it helped us just better to understand why she was doing what she was doing. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, man, that gift for her of being in that foster home and learning how to attach, you know, i um, just,
0: and life
1: changing for her.
0: Right. The, what happens, we know in like the first year mm-hmm. of your life, it's mm-hmm. so formational, you yeah. know, and that yeah. she had a loving environment.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: hmm. so, what kind of in in leading up to this, we all have these worries and things that cross our minds
2: mm-hmm.
0: like reasons why we shouldn't mm-hmm. go down this path, mm-hmm. you know, and even when God's saying, "Nope, it's what you should yeah. do. It, I yeah. think it's normal as human beings to be like, "But what about this?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: did you all have those with with this journey? Um I mean, I think. Uh, we did and that's why it took me two years to say yes um I have some chronic health conditions and so like just am my like physically am I going to be able to do this um just you know the toll it would take on our other kids mm-hmm. the reality of like it's not just an adoption but it's a child who's going to need care for the rest of her life mm-hmm. and that may always be in our home or it may be, in some kind of residential program, but she still has to have caregivers that are giving oversight and funding. And um, so, yeah, when we adopted through foster care, like we didn't even consider international adoption at that point in time. It just seemed like too big, too many obstacles. A lot's changed um, over the past 10 years in international adoption as awareness has come to just trafficking of kids Mm -hmm. and kids Mm -hmm. being adopted who probably should never have been adopted. Um, A lot of that has really dissipated from international adoption. Um, Primarily you are only adopting children with disabilities at this point internationally. Um, Now with that said, obviously still the first solution would be like how can we help equip families whether that be financially or educationally, mm-hmm. to be able to care for their own children. Right. Um, unfortunately, in China, it just at this point is not a culture where disabilities are accepted at all. Um, so even if finances were there, um, Not something for, like, Down syndrome. Maybe, like, a heart condition if a family could afford Mm -hmm. that and it could be fixed, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not visible to everybody. But, yeah, I mean, all of those were there. And I just think God is – he is kind and gracious with us. You know, like, he um, knew that ultimately, like, the biggest gift in this whole thing would be to us, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's really – us and our biological kids that would have missed out you know what I mean like God has shown that like he was going to take care of Mabel and he was with her right and um it was us and so it was his kindness that kept pulling us and you know just back to what he might have for us and you know I think adopting through foster care um we had great training And it really paved the way for Uh this adoption because when we were fostering, we were not open to fostering kids with special needs. And it really paved the way. But I think, even more than that, what paves the way is like the small moments in our life when we hear God's voice. Yes. And we say yes, and we learn to trust that we know and recognize God's voice. Right. You know, because like that's the thing. It's like there's always circumstances that prevent us. From moving forward with things, because it yes. is easy to make this checklist. And on paper, this was not doable. Like yeah. on paper, this did not make sense for our family. Yeah.
2: If, you, if you're making decisions like weighing out pros and cons yeah. and that's your only filter for decisions, you're probably rarely gonna trust how it the It wasn't the logical
1: you. choice. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it it wasn't. And um But like I said, I mean, I reached a point where I definitively was like, no, we're not doing this. Right. And even with that, in my mind, it was a made up. It was like the decision was made. Uh Like any lingering little kid stuff, like it was gone. And even in the midst of that, God was still like. Nope, you're going to do this. Yeah, you're going to do this. And when I saw that. That ad from Cradle of Hope, it was just like everything just came together and it was like, no, this this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was clear and it was at the point where, like, I just couldn't escape it. Like, I would never have been able to to definitively close it. Or right. if I had, I think it would have been one of the biggest regrets of my life because yes. I knew that I knew that God was calling us to this. Yeah. yeah. But I think you've made a really
0: good point that y'all didn't – it wasn't – this wasn't the first time that you had been obedient to God. Mm -hmm. wasn't the first time that you had heard his voice and said, yes, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. a lifetime or, you know, of making small choices. Mm -hmm. And I think just – I personally am not out – I'm not adopted. It feels Mm -hmm. like y'all have made this really big step. Mm -hmm. But I'm going, my little step of faithfulness today – yeah. might be preparing me for... Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I think it's really normal to be like, yeah, I, I think I'm feeling this, but I, all these worries, does this mean I shouldn't do it? Yeah. yeah.
1: And God's mm-hmm. calling us all the time to like stretch and do things that feel like they're going to think I'm weird if I say that. They're going to think I'm weird if I show up at their front door. But it is recognizing that voice of the Holy Spirit and stepping out in that boldness. And somebody, I heard somebody say once like, You adopt once, and then it's called parenting. And, like, that's the truth, you know? Like, it feels like, oh, this is, like, this grand thing. But the truth is, it's, like, it's this one moment, and then there are a child, and you're just parenting. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, God calls us to bold things all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, just as part of our everyday life. And um, while Mabel's story, her adoption process was so smooth, and everything just perfectly fell into Mm -hmm. place, It also could be a disaster, and we could still be sitting here waiting, hoping, praying we get to go get her. And, you know, so I think, too, sometimes we think when we're obedient to what God asks us to do— that it's all going to be smooth sailing.
2: Right. Yeah, like the and, whole way is paved. It's going to be right. easy.
1: And that's not true either, right? So that yeah, thing causes I'm, us to, like, second guess. Like, maybe that wasn't God's voice. Yes. But that mentality of, like, if I'm obedient, God's going to spit out everything perfect. No. And you hear people say, like, like, if God has this new job for you, then you're going to be able to sell your house quickly and find the, you know, just all these things. It doesn't mean easy. It doesn't nope. mean it doesn't. easy. And y'all probably have a lot of examples of we were obedient. Yeah. And this was hard. Yep. Yes. Like, <laughs> right. Yep. It doesn't mean easy and it doesn't mean you didn't hear correctly. from I The know. Holy Spirit. I you know. know.
2: I remember when we were on our first adoption, um, it was actually, I mean, it was actually when we we're getting ready to foster and um, uh, Lindsay and I were driving out to Pine Cove to head to a, a camp out there. That was a weekend retreat for married couples and, um, we're driving out. We we just found out the day before that this little guy's going to come to our house mm-hmm. the day after we get back from from Pine Whoa. Cove. Right. Whoa. So yeah. so your brain's just in a different place when you're going on this retreat. Right. We're in the car. We're riding there, and um, I remember Lindsay looking over at me and just saying, "You know, as the spirit leads you, there's just times where you willingly walk into difficulty, mm. and that mm. that's never left my mind." Is we we didn't know what, but we knew that there's going to be difficult. It was going to be difficult on our on our foster son. Like he was going to have a heart, you know. Like there was just going to be hard things for him, and it's going to be there's going to be challenges. We didn't know if he was going to end up being in our family or just for a little while. Part, you know, like we just didn't know what was what was ahead. But it really is true that as Mm -hmm. you as you really. Trust Jesus and let him live and love through you. Mm-hmm. There will be difficulty right that you willingly walk into, right. You know, sometimes difficulties thrown on you. Uh-huh. but then there's times where you you
0: said yes and you and you go <laughs> yeah. into yeah.
2: it, you walk yes. into it and um but what's been beautiful and 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 with adopting Mabel and and with our son is what we've seen, Lindsay was talking about this a second ago. Is we aren't the hero, hmm. Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the hero in the whole story and the whole thing, and we're the we're the ones that have received the blessing yes. of our two mm-hmm. kids.
0: You've gotten to see firsthand how mm-hmm. He's a hero. Yes, and, he and we've it. seen
2: yeah. what what we've seen how amazing His love and His grace is oh. for us uh-huh. and you know to us through our adopted kids Mm -hmm. which has been Mm -hmm. such a sweet gift in the whole thing you know Mm -hmm. like we've never been the hero we're not the hero we're marginal parents
1: (laughs) really marginal (laughs) parents. yes
2: (laughs) jesus is the hero and we get to see how how much he loves us through them
0: right so this might be a really long answer i don't i don't know how has mabel impacted y'all's family
1: I mean, I, I can't even. I <laughs> no, I don't know how I you. I can't even that, remember
2: <laughs> what our dynamics yeah. were.
1: I mean, she truly is the center of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, just she's like this little magnet that all of us are drawn to, and all of our other kids are, you know middle school and high schoolers and so like we have all these teenagers who normally we just kind of be pulling out to do their own lives but we've got like this little magnet that
2: brings the whole family Yeah, I there. mean family
1: dinners just like everybody wants to be there because of her shenanigans.
2: Yeah. And after dinner <laughs> I love this. in the living room there's usually yeah. some hip hop dance video that's on okay, the TV yeah. and they're all dancing and having fun with her and
1: A couple weeks ago, we spent 45 minutes after dinner all playing Duck, Duck, Goose, which really involved Mabel just slapping all of us in the head as hard as she can, which she took great joy. And why we all continued to play it with her, we just did, because she just... She was loving it. She was loving it, and she's just like this little light of um, fun and joy and stubbornness and Uh um, all of the things, and she just has... I mean, she's changed our kids' perspectives. Um, Like, I think it was last summer – our boys were 10, and we were at Hawaiian Falls, like in the in the kids' area at the bottom of the slides. And there was a young adult who you could tell had Down syndrome, but I talked to his mom. He also had um, autism. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of the bottom of the slide, like rocking and stimming, just, you know, yes. enjoying a little bit of water and the music and... Both of my boys, as 10-year-old little boys, individually went over to him without any prompting, Mm -hmm. introduced themselves, said hi, asked how he was. And um, just that level of comfort, because Mabel's just their sister. Like, they don't think about, like, oh, Mabel with Down syndrome. Like, Mabel's Mabel. And I think it's really disarmed them and helped them to see with anybody that like people are just people mm-hmm. absolutely and you can yes. know them and love them and there's value just as people and it's been beautiful not just with our kids with like all our kids friends and neighborhood kids i mean like the slew of little boys at our house who will sit and just play with her for so long um you know, it's just been beautiful for us just to see um, just how God's using her just to speak to all of our community mm-hmm. that all people are image bearers yes. and we all have value. Yes. Um Just because we are image bearers and uh, it's just been beautiful to see our kids grow and stretch and Fight over who gets to take care of Mabel one day when Steve and I are too old to do that. So
2: <laughs>
0: <Yep>. that's <laughs> a constant y'all, fight. Do y'all, do y'all really have that? Y'all have that conversation? Like, what? What are y'all? Who? What's the plan?
2: Yeah. So um when we first told the kids that we felt like I was leading us to adoption in China with Down syndrome, you know, uh, we didn't wasn't like putting a burden on the kids, but we just said, hey. You know, we we feel like God's calling our whole family to this and we have plenty of time to figure it out. But this this future brother or sister, because we weren't sure even gender at the time, um, will will need care and help even after we're gone. And right. that's And we some...
1: believe and we still do believe that God will prompt one of their hearts to step up. And yeah. we told so, them, it doesn't mean she has to live with you. It might mean that you're overseeing her trust and her Right. But we just believe that and still do, that God is going to prompt one of them, yep. yeah, to step
2: up. and. So our, our daughter, who's in high school, um, just started asking some questions. Like, well, mm-hmm. like, you know, how, how how old do you think the child will be now? And how long do uh, people with Down syndrome live? Like getting an idea of life expectancy. Mm-hmm. And then she was kind of away, and then she came back and told her, she's like, well, I mean, I figure it'll probably be like 20 years that I'd be taking care of my brother or sister after you die. And I'm like, wait, so when do you think I'm going to die? <laughs> <laughs> like she had had some number in her mind she, of how long we were going to get before. How y- how and are so, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so she she just was quickly ready to say that. And then one of her good friends was saying like, but what, what if you get married and you're... You know, husband doesn't want to do that, and my daughter was like, mm, "No, I'm." That's I'm, part not of the marrying, package. I'm not married. That's what she said someone. that
1: I wouldn't marry. Like, what's wrong with you? Who yeah. would marry somebody she's who like, wouldn't that's agree to part that? Part of the
2: package. So, so yeah. but
1: they do always like this is a constant conversation in the house about who she's going to live with. so yeah, yeah. What are their ages, in?
2: So our uh, our oldest is twenty four, right? Um, and married, and Mary, right? Yeah, yes. she's been married for a few years, and then um, and
1: even she comes home all the time now.
2: Yes, we used oh, to see yeah. them
1: like every other month. They live, like, 30 minutes from us. And then Mabel came soon home. As soon as we
2: adopted Mabel. Like,
1: two, three well, okay. times a week, this they would hilarious. be there. they come
2: over for dinner. Not to see us. No, clearly yeah. not. To see Mabel. <laughs> yeah. 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 This
1: is yeah.
0: awesome. Yeah. 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 And the, really, the time... Okay, wait. Next age of kids. So,
2: we have a daughter that's a junior in high school. Okay. And then we have a daughter that's in eighth grade. And then our boys are in sixth grade. And then Mabel, she just started kindergarten. So... Right. Um, so. Oh.
0: Okay, so y'all have kids
2: in every stage, in,
1: which yeah, is a horrible plan.
2: <laughs> yeah, Don't do it that way. If you can plan another way, plan it another way because we're physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted. <laughs>
0: you will like, have like teenage girls and like uh, yes. how? three in
2: middle school. That's a little bit of a lot it's just like, by itself.
0: It is. Yes. Well, how do you like specifically spend time with them and make sure they're each?
1: getting attention and...
2: Yeah, we tell them to take care of themselves mostly. <laughs> go no, go find a brother or I sister to help like, you.
1: I feel like now that they're all older, it's like having a bunch of toddlers again. Like, they'll just demand your attention. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess if we ignored that plea, maybe they would stop. But man, they just like, won't leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Every night, there's like multiple kids in our room. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's my good time. It's so late. um yeah. but I mean I I do think we probably have more family time because of Mabel. Like they're more interested in being at home right. to some degree um because of her and there it, there are a lot of times where it's like one of the older kids and Mabel and a parent you know because we're taking a kid to practice and might mm-hmm. be like oh, can Mabel please go with you right so the, um, yeah. yeah yeah
0: it just seems i guess y'all are affirming it just seems like it's a lot it's a lot yeah,
1: that, yeah. at least but- once a month i regret my decision <laughs>
2: That actually just after, with, you know with, that school, you're normal. with school like, starting, I... it was like, it's just a lot going on. And it was after, it was in the first full week of school. I walked into the bedroom late one night and Lindsay's just in bed. I can just see how tired she is. I was like, are you okay? And she literally said, why did we have so many of these kids? I
0: know. And I was yeah. like, well, who do you want
2: to give up? And she was like, well, I don't want to give any of them away or give them up. But why did we, why did we have so many? <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so we, we feel overwhelmed <laughs> often. Right. You know? And y'all
1: like, both work full time. I, I only work part time okay. at this point. Yeah. When Mabel came home, I I mean, we, we just had to make big changes. So. Right. right. Yeah. yeah.
0: What does it look like for y'all's relationship? Do y'all have like designated time with each other? Like what, is,
1: what does that look like for y'all? We were really had been in a sweet spot of all of our kids were in school and before
2: we had Mabel
1: before we had Mabel and um, he had Fridays off. And so I can kind of flex my hours. And so I would take Fridays off, too. So it was awesome because Mm -hmm. every Friday we had a date day. Oh, Um, that's great. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it was really great. And then when Mabel came home, you know, we lost that. We lost that. I mean, in our marriage, I mean, we felt the impact of just the stress of adding this new child in the family. And it's just been, I think, for everybody, a stressful couple of years Mm -hmm. um, outside of that. And so, I mean, we felt the tension of it was hard to find time to get away, you know, but, it, and sometimes like going to dinner for an hour, it would be like, we're so tired that we're still, I know. Not, not even connecting. It's really. not even yeah. worth it. It's yeah. hard yeah. To, like yes. you, you
2: don't have the energy to engage. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, so, I mean, I think we, um, knew that kindergarten would come uh-huh. and you had the perspective of what kind Yeah, brings, and so too. yeah, we did the best we could, you know, it, I mean, our marriage was good, and it was healthy going into it, and it was healthy during it. But, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the intimacy we wanted or the Mm -hmm. amount of time together that we wanted. But we just, you know, kind of kept showing up. um, Yes. And, yeah, just with the perspective of we're just going to keep making those deposits and investments. And this season right here will come to an end. So. Mm
2: And so we're recording this on a Thursday mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> Tomorrow, I will drop the kids off at school. The middle schoolers are the last ones that get dropped uh-huh. off. And then I'm going to come home and there's no kids. And Lindsay's off and I'm off. And going to be great. Oh, it's yes. glorious. Yeah. And it's great. It's and we're great. not tired. You know, at this age, mm-hmm. if you go on a date late in the day, you just don't have the inner I'm just so dang tired. Right. So like actually right. like
1: mm-hmm.
2: going on a date during the day when you're not exhausted, You can really engage and be present, which is good. It's
0: actually very good to because I feel like you're a very high energy, high capacity person, and you also
2: get Mm -hmm. tired. Yeah, yeah, I I wear down about (laughs) six (laughs) thirty.
0: You might have a different uh, perspective. I don't know. I just I'm like I feel like I can't imagine like Steve probably just goes and goes, and he's always
1: on and excited and and I get Well, so you know, his new great love in his life is his ice baths at night. Oh no, night. you do We this? have
2: yeah, I, do. I do. We
1: have a like a <laughs> chest do- freezer in Yes, you've done this?
2: Yeah. You've yes. done the
1: chest freezer? Uh-huh. Let, let yeah. me tell you what this is all about. So he can only stay in for like five minutes or something. But <gasps> Which somehow, is a long time. Yeah, but somehow he's gone for like 45 minutes uh, uh, in the garage every night. <laughs> and he's got a speaker. And so he'll be like, I'm going to do my ice bath. I'm like, babe, it's is a... this going to be a fast? <laughs> so this <laughs> always happens about 7.45. So it's like, I'm going to go to the garage by myself for, my... for
0: 45 minutes. What made you decide to do this?
2: Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I f- was following some different fitness people yes. and saw, was reading a, a lot about doing ice baths and how good it is for your body and your joints and recovery. And mm-hmm.
1: but now I feel like it, it is like you're like, now it's, it's a mental mental decompression, mm-hmm. yeah. which is why you're always gone for so long. <laughs> Does yeah. anyone
0: else in your family do ice baths? No. Okay.
2: Nope. But uh, that, but nope. the freezer
0: is <laughs> devoted to the ice bath.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I did hear about this ice bath situation, and I told Drew, and he was like, Are you kidding me? And I was like, they also said you could do like thirty seconds of cold shower and it it's a good way to ease into it. Right.
2: Yes. That's what they recommend. If you consistently <laughs> do that, maybe you can handle the, the ice, ice bath. Because you don't want to do the full commit of an ice <laughs> no! bath. No. Aren't
1: gonna do and then that. And in the next hour he's in bed with like blankets around him, like <laughs> shivering. Shivering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah.
0: so funny. I'm like, don't yeah. touch me. So, <laughs> so are you're thinking about so doing cool. it, um, No, 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 no. I I don't think so. I don't I don't want to commit to you know what's holding me back. I don't want to take up space of the the freezer in my garage.
2: Yeah, yeah, because
0: I don't want stuff. I made yeah. it clear like that that's animal. holding me back. That's yeah. your
2: that's your drop I okay.
0: might. I feel like I could possibly do the
1: ice bath. But. I mean, We're just come over sometimes. I know I mean, <laughs> if you have six kids, your garage is like a losing. That's the battle like, anyway. There's, there's too too so many stuff. bikes, so there's many there's skateboards. There's too much stuff in here. There's yeah. too much stuff.
0: Um. Okay. Would you tell me about your driving, dropping your
2: girls off? Oh, the middle school mm-hmm. carpool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this. This started with uh, my daughter. That's a uh, junior in high school now. It's when she was actually in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed messing with her. I, I I mean I think this is one of the benefits of being a father, is just messing with your kids. Okay. Like this is like there's only a couple benefits. <laughs> just and, a couple. <laughs> and mostly they're
1: just a drain. <laughs> yeah,
2: one of them is when you get to like scare them when they're not ready for it, uh-huh. or you know th- those kind of things. So uh, with with uh, my my junior in high school, we re- I just she's got this huge personality, a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. so I would do things with her in the morning, before I take it to her to school, and put it on my Instagram story, and it was just a fun little bit that we were doing for a little while, and it started with me just scaring her, and then it, <laughs> then I ran out of like things to do to mess with her, <laughs> and then I just had this idea, is like I'm gonna give her some really bad fatherly advice. <laughs> In the car on the way to school, and the advice will come from a 90s song. Okay. So we just started there, and I just started looking for 90s songs that I could have some random message Uh out of, and I would give her some advice, and we started doing that, and it was a middle school carpool because we were taking friends of hers to school as well. And um, then it just turned into a thing that, like... Then my younger kids were like, I can't wait till I'm oh, in middle school. Oh, they wanted to do it. Yes. This
0: is hilarious. Yes.
2: So now <laughs> now <laughs> my eighth grade daughter it only wanted to do it because she saw how much fun it was with her older sister. Right. And so and then now my boys just started sixth grade.
1: One of them's not fully on
2: board. One of them is going to be hiding. But uh, does it really have a choice?
1: Because the other one really wants.
2: Right, 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 right. So, but yeah, so it's just uh, the middle school carpool. We just, we'll we'll do a lesson from a 90s song. With terrible advice. It usually is really bad advice. The embarrassing
1: part is when he screams the advice out the window. As as they're walking walking into school. school. Like that's the part that puts it over the top. But it does make you love middle schoolers because like, all the random middle schoolers walking into school that will like turn and be like hey like this they is all normal, normal. Yeah, right, right. like yes. what the,
0: this is all normal yeah. this yeah. is fine so yeah. y'all have a very popular carpool i guess like to other friends are like can you pick me up or
2: uh, i not not so much that but there's i have enough friends who live around us and know that i do this and have seen the videos <laughs> that they appreciate when they're somewhere in the car line uh, at the same yeah. time, at the same time, and I'll get text or they'll post a picture and tag me in it. Uh-huh. So I got, got to be a part of the carpool today, and wow, that was louder than I thought it would be, kind of stuff. So and
0: now yeah. with Mabel, this is just going to keep going. Like yeah, you're, you're gonna have yeah quite a I few more years. I
2: did do one preschool uh, carpool <laughs> oh, video no. with her last year before she started and She was
1: very exasperated. She with was you.
2: very frustrated with my advice. Yeah, yes. it was pretty great
0: yeah (laughs) okay good i'm glad to know the why behind
2: yeah yeah so that was just really funny it just started with me just having fun with my daughter and messing with her Uh and then it turned into a bit that is on my instagram that's
0: great um okay last question how has parenting so in general or specifically with adoption allowed you to know god deeper we're going like totally switching gears. Car, yeah. carpool, From carpool to this yeah. deep question. Yeah.
2: Um. I think one of the really sweet gifts that God did for us in our first adoption is it. Uh, we started out as foster parents, and um, and that's a unique and totally different experience than mm-hmm. anything else, you know, and so. Um, we had hoped that, uh, that he's our son now. We'd hoped that he would be a forever Frizzell, you know, and be, but we didn't know if that was going to be the case. And we didn't know if that was going to happen. And, but he's in our house and he's, uh, our biological son is just a couple months older than him. And so we're doing all the things with both the boys, Mm -hmm. exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Harrison... He's our biological son, right? And we're doing all the things with him, just like, you know, and then our adopted son, we're doing all the things there. But there was still this perspective for us where it's like, but he's not, he's not mine. Huh. Like, I'm doing all the things. Yeah. But he's not mine. And at the end of the day, the state is responsible for him. Mm-hmm. Like... They can make whatever decision, they could do whatever. And mm-hmm. remember as we were in that that phase of fostering, I remember one day Lindsay saying, This is how we're foster parents, this is actually what parenting is always is, because our kids, none of our kids are ours. They all belong to the Heavenly Father. Uh-uh. They're his. Yeah. And He's the one that's responsible for them. They belong to Him. Yeah. And so it was this really cool gift that God gave us in that little season that changed our perspective of parenting, where we learn to be much more open-handed and trusting, recognizing really how much the heavenly father is the only one good, perfect father. Yeah. That he's the one that is always actively wooing the hearts of our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think I've, I've taken like being uh, just the roles I play in life as a pastor and also as a father. And it's like, I think I've bared the burden that it's like, I'm to be the good shepherd. Yes. When I'm actually just a sheep, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and as a dad, it's my job to make sure they come to know Jesus. It's my job to establish their faith. It's my, you know, and I, I've put too much of a burden on me and I've actually found (laughs) that I was stepping in the spot of what the Heavenly Father is actually doing. Yes. You know? Yes. And so does does the Heavenly Father use me? Yes. But is it my burden to bear? No. Right. And I think I I a lot of my parenting out of fear mm-hmm. and out of, reg- you know, which ultimately ended up to being my regrets mm-hmm. was me parenting from a place of I had to be in control. Right. You know, I, I'm the one that's responsible and recognizing, no, he's actually the one that is responsible, always responsible for the outcome. Absolutely. I'm not responsible for that. I'm, I'm to be obedient. He's got the outcome. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think along that same lines, I mean, that was for me has been the gift of having six kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just by nature and personality, I like to control, I like things to be the right way. Um, I'm if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a one. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, just by nature of having six kids, a lot of that gets stripped away. Yes. Um and I would say God knew that I needed, that I was going to be a better parent to six kids than I would be to two kids. Yes. Um, because you fully recognize I can never meet their needs. Mm-hmm. And you so know? God will. Yeah. 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 That there's so many needs that I was, like Steve was saying, was never meant to meet. Um, that God will use me as a mom in their lives. But... Ultimately, what they need is a relationship with their Savior. And so um, that's been beautiful for me. I mean, I think if I had only had a couple of kids, the temptation to try to control Mm -hmm. in more capacity and margin to attempt to meet needs— that are not mine to meet um would have been a huge struggle for me um and so yeah for me um it's been a gift it's Mm -hmm. given us a lot of perspective in our parenting and there's always things that we wish we had more time for that would be valuable things for our kids um but i truly do believe that i'm a better mom to six kids than i would
2: have been to two kids yeah we had read, um, like, on Enneagram stuff how exhausting it would be to have parents who are a one and a three, and I'm a three. And so, like, if we had two kids, golly, they'd be miserable. They would be, oh, yes, They'd so be worn out, tired. so tired. So <laughs> they, the kids needed as many siblings to wear us down. Yes. Distract us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's great. So I have so struggled to figure out the one thing that stuck out the most to me. There's just so much in there, right? Are you all the same way. But let's just say that I had the privilege of talking with you at the playground or at school pickup or something like that. I I might bring this, this point up that I just loved so much about their story that God had been compelling them towards something in China. And they were about to totally closed the door on it, like got rid of their baby stuff. Like we're about to close the door on it. But God, in his power and wisdom, swung that door right back open. He grabbed Lindsay's attention through social media of all things and opened the door back up and look at the beautiful gift of that. And the truth is, this isn't just a Steve and Lindsay gift, that this gift is true for each of us, that when we are pursuing God, he has the ability to grab our attention with whatever means necessary to get us going down the good path he wants us on. You and I, I mean, we're going to be tempted to say no to the risky, uncomfortable, unknown things that God is calling us to. We might think we aren't hearing him correctly or, or honestly, we just are stubborn. We don't want to do that thing. And we try to close the door. I mean, I, I think it, it's fair enough to say that that happens to all of us. Like, I don't know if there's anyone out there that's like, nope, I always, I always do the right thing. I, I don't think that that's true. That happens to all of us. However, the incredible thing about our God is he will course correct us. He will open doors back up. He will pop that idea back in your head. I mean, he will do all sorts of creative things to get you going in the direction he wants you to go. Seek after him, his plans for you are good and he loves you a lot. And on that note of feeling prompted by things, or if you felt stirred about adoption or Down syndrome or fostering, you're like, oh, I kind of want to know more about that. Or, I mean, I don't know, maybe you want to know more about the ice baths. <laughs> There's a lot of topics that we covered in here, but Stephen Lindsay wanted to be sure that I told you that they would be more than happy to connect with you, really. Like they, they would be more than happy to talk more with you about these topics. So send me an email and I will connect you to the incredible Lindsay and Steve. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time.